Hello, principals, and welcome to the NAESP Principal Podcast. My name is Rachel George, and I'm an educational leader in Oregon and an NAESP fellow. And my name is Adam Welcome. I'm an educator in California and a fellow with NAESP in the Innovation Center. So as always, Adam and I are just so excited to bring you all this NAESP Principal Podcast so we can talk about real ideas and some amazing principles to help make your leadership stronger and more innovative. And today we are talking with, I just have to say, one of my favorite people of all time as a person, as a friend, as a leader, Beth Huff. Uh, I'm just going to give a quick bio. 2016 National Association of Elementary School Principals, National Distinguished Principal. I just say 2016, and that feels like so long ago, even though it wasn't that long ago. And 2021 finalist for NASSP, that's the Secondary School Leadership Group, Principal of the Year for the entire country, author, her book has been translated into I don't know how many different languages. And like I said, just just an amazing, fun, funny, caring human being. Beth, welcome to the podcast, my friend. Thank you so much. I'm I'm so honored to be with you all here, and I look forward to talking about leadership because definitely it's been quite the year, quite the year for sure. So excited to be here with you all this morning. So kick us off. How's the year going? I mean, that's like such an open-ended and people are going to probably say, are you kidding me? How is the year going? But it's 2021. It's October. How is the year going? Great. Well, that's a question. I get it a lot. And I, I, you know, a part of me wants to say, hey, things are great, but I'm going to be real. They're not. It is tough. It is tough. You know, I'm sitting here on a Saturday morning after a week that included three nights of supervision. Um, and so most of my evenings, I get home pretty late anyway. Um, no one wants to supervise to help me supervise. Like I have some people that help, but, you know, our district will help pay teachers to help supervise, but our teachers are so exhausted that no one wants to sit and help um, be out late at night. And so uh, myself, I really look at my own gauge and, and my, my gas tank seems to always be really close to empty. And I think that, you know, like I said, I used to just try to push through and say, hey, things are great, but I have to normalize that it's okay sometimes to say, man, I'm exhausted. We just had homecoming. So that is an, a fun and exciting time, but also it is a time that um, I really have to work to be intentional about how I reset and how I um, use the moments I have um, to, to take, you know, to take time to take care of me and my family. But um, really overall, I look at just this year in general and our I feel like our kids are struggling with some big emotions that they're not necessarily knowing what to do with, you know, I'm in the middle school and I think behavior wise, we've seen some pretty intense behaviors that we don't typically see this time of year. Um, I feel like our kids don't just don't know how to regulate some of the things that maybe in the past they did. And I, I really truly, you know, this is my seventh year here in the middle school, 14th year as a building principal. And I really, you know, I, I credit that to some of the, the crises that the pandemic has brought on. And so, so that's, you know, there's also some really great celebrations. I, I see our staff, you know, work so hard together. Um, we, you know, we, we've tried to figure out how to take the load and really distribute it and work together to do like, we've started doing instructional rounds and a few other things that, that have helped with that. But, you know, I think, I think in general, this year has, has been harder actually than last year. And, 
you know, we keep saying, let's innovate and change education. And then we're all like, oh, wait, but how do we do that? Like, how do we do that while we're trying to continue? You know, we're flying the plane still and, and we haven't had a real chance to rest. And since really, I want to say not March of 2020, but you go back to that summer before that school year started. Um, so, so anyways, that's a little bit, not a lot of rainbows and sunshine in that one, but at the same time, I think it's, you know, I get a chance to support a lot of school leaders. And I think we're all kind of feeling that heavy load right now of, okay, how are we going to do this? Mm -hmm. No, you're completely spot on. And that's, and that's what we're hearing from leaders across the country and in our own districts. And I think that's the piece that really, really concerns us, right? Like we recently had a first-year principal on and they're like, oh my goodness, but it's not just first-year principals. It's veteran people that really, really know their staff. Like Beth, you're one of the folks that I really, really look up to. And while it, it's hard to be in the suck. It also is affirming to know that we're all in the suck together. It really, really truly is. Um, one of the things that I would love to point out is that you were in school face-to-face -face almost all last year. So with you going through this with students and seeing this with staff, I just really want to point out, you know, like Oregon had kids not in the building, the majority of the state of Oregon for the bulk of the year. And so we're seeing some of those huge emotions, the staff burnout. And sometimes I think we want to attribute it to, well, because they weren't in the building, but you had kids in the building and you're, you're still working through that piece. So I'm curious, you have a lot of irons in the fire and you're really, really busy all the time. How are you finding those moments for yourself, for your staff? So you can at least get through the day, get through the week, and, you, and I know you have some events coming up too. What are you doing to find some success with that? I think there's there's several things. And I think intentionality is what matters the most to me. I really have to look um, not just at the day, but really looking more at the week and the month and saying, okay, I don't have anything this weekend. So like, for example, last weekend, I didn't have anything on Saturday. And so a group of friends, we made sure that we went and celebrated one of our other friends' birthdays. So taking time for you know, things like that. And then, you know, just also at school, taking the pulse of where people are. And sometimes it's just, you know, obviously walking around, looking at faces, talking to people is one thing, but also saying, you know, hey, what, how can I support you intentionally? So checking in formally and informally. And then, you know, the pop-up, you know, this, this past week, again, it was, it was very eventful. We're seeing some of the bathroom situations going on. And so, you know, the teachers are, are trying to help with that. We're trying to figure out how to balance, um, you know, empowerment of our students to help that, but then also at the same time, like, okay, how do we get it to stop pretty quickly as well? And so like yesterday, I just, I could feel it and I just ordered little Caesars and is, and I, you know, I, and brought in lunch and said, Hey, pop up lunch. I know you weren't expecting it. You deserve a million dollars. And unfortunately I can't give you all a million dollars, but here's at least lunch today. And, and, you know, just little things like that, but also making sure that we say, Hey, this isn't what you deserve. You deserve so much more because sometimes when you just um, bring in pizza or you just do a, you know, a dress down day or whatever, you know, I know every, every, I, I don't know that that's necessarily something like that is shows the appreciation um, but if you just do those things and there's not trust and there's not, you know, true support, it's almost seen as cynical instead of the other. So making sure that you, you know, um, but those are some pieces too. I've had the chance to teach quite a bit over the past, um, six, I don't know how, it feels like we've been in school for about six months, but I think it's just been about six, seven weeks. Um, you know, we really are short on subs. So making sure that, you know, if I'm asking other people to help sub, I'm, I'm right there doing that as well. 
Um, so those are, you know, those are a few, I try when I get home, I don't tend to take anything home with me. So I, I might stay later, but I try, you know, I, I try to leave what I'm, what I'm doing here. Um, and then also being present for my kids. I have two boys and my, my oldest is a senior. So, you know, I had the opportunity to walk him down for homecoming royalty court last night and, and making sure I don't miss those big moments that in five years are going to be the things that I remember about what's going on right now. Um, I think those, like I said, and, and trying to also like embrace the power of no, I mean, it's, it's okay. I haven't, you know, I'm a person that has the opportunity to go speak and I'm, I'm blessed to have that opportunity, but I haven't gone and done that since school started um, because I needed to, um, the older I get, the more that wears on my body too. So recognizing whether it's that or some other things, it's okay to say no. Um, and it's okay to do that because sometimes when we say yes, we say yes with, um, and we get really frustrated about saying yes, are we, you know, and, and I think that's, that's something else to remember. I used to try to participate in a lot of chats and be more engaged um, that way. And I've had to step back just because when I get home at night, I really don't want to pull up a computer and, and that's okay. It's okay to do. So those are just a few, a few of the things I try to do to address that question that she asked me. And, and definitely um, I keep striving to be better because we know that it's hard to, um, when we're not well, and we're not, when we're not regulated ourselves, it's really hard to help to regulate people that you serve that, that are struggling in those areas too. Yeah, Beth, um, I, I'm just curious, you know, we're talking about making adjustments and, and saying no. And I was actually watching a video by, uh, from Peter DeWitt, who I, I know is somebody that, that we all know, he's just a awesome leader and, and educational kind of thought person. And I'm actually back in a building right now. I'm doing a sub principal uh, gig because they're short principles as well too. So I got a call and, and I'm there. And uh, the video and the connection with Peter was, he was talking about de-implementation and I'm going to kind of change the, the definition of a little bit, but even in the school where I am, I feel like we're, we're still trying to do pretty much almost everything that we've always done. Um, and, you know, you spoke about instructional rounds, which are important, but just all these other things. And I, I'm looking at it from a different perspective coming in and seeing everything and all the trauma just from the pandemic and here and there and quarantines and contact tracing. And what do you think about just education as a whole? And I feel that we just need to take a, a bunch of things away, which is hard because we still need to be here for our students. Um, but maybe we can't, or I don't think we can do everything that we've always done, at least for a period of time, because I mean, education, I feel is, is a profession at risk right now. And we're, we're, we're in the ICU. <laughs> I mean, not just the people, but just the profession. Um, if you could give, and which I know is hard because principals don't control everything that their central offices want them to do and, and vice versa and, you know, programs and people. And what are, you, what are your thoughts? I mean, what would, if you had the magic wand and, and the president called you and is like, hey, you're going to be the secretary of education now, Beth Hoff, Secretary Hoff, which actually would be a really cool title for you. Um, what, what would you do if you just kind of had that magic wand? wand and uh, at least for this year or you know who, who knows how long we're, we're going to be in this well that is like that's the million dollar question right and I I you know I've thought a lot about this I think there's different different pathways I think right now um sustainability for our educators is probably what's weighing most on my mind because we are short-staffed uh, we're short-staffed every single day whether it's custodians whether it's you know whether it's our teachers and and we're in a fairly like we're rural but yet we're very close to bigger cities in in, in Missouri so we shouldn't only have one applicant 
for a science opening, but that's what the reality is. So I think we really, if we want to think about how we can make schools the best they can be, we've got to figure out how we can keep amazing educators to make that happen. And so something that I've been brainstorming with some of our central office folks is like the school calendar. Like, do we really need to do things like when we were, we had um, a few weeks that we were, we were went virtual last year. And so not quite like what most schools did, but when we went virtual, we, you know, my son, my high schooler was done with this stuff by noon. So it's like, why do we really stretch a day over eight hours if that's not really what all of our kids need? Is that really, so really looking at, you know, okay, is this eight hour, you know, day, is that something that really is, should it look that way for all kids? You know, do our high schoolers that are getting ready to go into the real world, which doesn't always operate that way, is that what they need? So looking at that, and then also for teachers, you know, we, we have that traditional, you know, however many weeks at Christmas and this long break here. And does it make sense to do that? Or do we need to offer quicker breaks? Like right now, you know, that even just Labor Day weekend was a he- like a piece of heaven for me because I was like, thank goodness I have three days to catch up. I have three days to, you know, I didn't like put my laundry away for like four, the first four weeks of school. And it was like, I'm just gonna leave it out that I can grab it whenever I need it for the next time. And it was just easier. But again, like, is that something we need to look at where in, um, instead of having three big months off, do we look at having more frequent breaks? Um, but it's really hard because that's a that's a huge cultural change that our country like isn't necessarily ready because they like, yes, let's change, but don't change me to stuff that I like, which every stakeholder has a different piece of the pie that they really, really want to hold on to. Um, so I think just that is that we we are set up in a schedule that is not always conducive to the best learning. So looking at that piece um, and then looking at just the way that we, you know, the way that we just do school overall, which is huge. And, and why the, the name of the book, it's probably because it's Saturday morning, my brain cells aren't all quite working yet. But there's, there's a uh, book that is all about this, like rethinking schools that I love. And um, I think it's going to be just really getting our heads together and figuring that out. I think that I do say, like, whenever we look at different um, people that we talk to, we forget to talk about to the kids sometimes. And I think it would be really interesting to get a lot of really strong feedback from our kids on, hey, you've had some different ways of being educated over the past three years. Let's get your feedback because we get parents feedback. We get our, we get principal feedback, right? We get teachers feedback, but we aren't getting a lot of feedback from our kids and um, some places are, right? But I think, and myself included, like that's just something that I sometimes, you know, I get feedback on a lot of other things and I forget, oh, wow, wait, Let's, let's find out what they thought. So I wish I had, like I said, I wish I had a solution, but I, my, my solution is that we're going to have to do a little work and then figure out, like, actually try some things. Like, I think we talked a lot and then we never really made, um, made a lot of changes there. So I think it also includes very relevant work. Um, the social emotional learning piece, like you said, Adam, is, is like, it's got to be paramount. And that's something that we've uh, we, we've really worked to do that, not like before the pandemic as well. And um, it's neat to see so many of the pieces that we've put into place over the past five years in our building work, because our big, um, our big piece, like our big trauma uh, pieces that we've put in, the proactive pieces have helped so much. It's just more of the, um, the things that we didn't know were going to come up that, you know, you didn't, you know, it's a little different to handle this situation. We've got some kids that have not been supervised by families and really for a while. So, so anyways, again, that's not really, I wish I had like the, the best answer to that. But again, I think it's, it's not just getting the feedback, but then acting on it, you know, and really 
um, really taking, if we can't, and not waiting for the whole world to change, just go ahead and say, okay, our school district's going to change. Let's, let's us figure out what are we going to do differently. Um, it's hard to do that in our state too, because we have, we're, we have so many um, state like mandated things that we have to do. Like we can't start school before this date because yeah, I mean, and, and so it's, it makes it, it's like, it's almost like, Hey, but innovate, but you're very, you're very standardized in the way that you can do it, which is, makes no sense. So yeah, that's frustrating. That's a whole nother podcast though. <laughs> that is. All right. So last question for you, friend. Um, what is your number one tip that you have for folks that are struggling through the year, just like the rest of us? I think the number one tip is just when you feel that that sense of overwhelmness. Um, if you're at school, get up and uh, pause what you're doing um, because most everything, you know, asterisk, right? Most everything you can take a pause and go to the classroom that brings you the most joy and just go sit in there and talk to kids and talk to staff and, and ask, you know, and just don't forget that, you know, in that moment, um, you know, as, as this past week, like I said, most every other week, I've had the chance to be in every classroom every day. And this past week, for some reason, just, just has been a little more of a struggle, but um, don't ever forget that being in classrooms, that is, it's okay to do that. And I think sometimes people are like, when there's bad situations going on, you almost feel guilty for doing the very essence of what we're all about, which is being immersed in the work with kids, giving support to, to teachers, celebrating teachers, celebrating kids. Um, and, you know, just, just don't forget to do that. And it's okay, it's okay to do that. So just my biggest tip and what helps me whenever I'm struggling. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, well, thank you for joining this episode of NAESP uh, Principal Podcast. Learn more about NAESP at naesp.org. Look at me. I didn't say ASCD this time. Whoop, whoop. Um, hey, and right now they are accepting NAESP Principal uh, proposals for the 2020 conference in Louisville. So we hope you join us. For sure, Beth, Adam, and I will be there. So come join us. We'll have a good time and we'll see you next time. I don't know about you, Rachel, but I always love talking with our mutual friend, Beth. So awesome. So, so fun. Um, and so I don't know if people realize, well, they probably do if they listen to the podcast on the regular, but Rachel and I, we record with our guest and then separately just to save them time, we record our own bit and then we put them together on the back end. And since we recorded with Beth, Rachel, you have some big news to share with oh, the my world. Goodness. Yes, like drum roll. I hope you can hear the drum roll on my desk. <laughs> like, so exciting. Beth Huff was named the National um, NASSP Principal of the Year. That's like the single person out of the entire nation, secondary, that's just killing it. She is rocking it. And, you know, I think that that's also a really powerful insight to the conversation we were having with mm. Beth that, you know what, this is a really, really hard time for educators and leaders. And even when you look like you have your stuff together and you're rocking it, it is still a daily grind, a struggle getting, you know, through one hour at a time, getting through 15 minutes at a time and just really trying to be present with your staff. Yeah, I think, I think yes to all of it, Beth. Congratulations. You are so deserving and such a great model, like Rachel said, of other principals out there. And I think just kind of to dovetail off of the conversation that we had with Beth, you know, I'm, I was thinking about 
I've seen a lot on social media about self-care and this and that. And there's like a lot of pushback from people like forget self-care, like take stuff off my plate. And I am, I'm a hundred percent believer in that. I, I still feel that school districts and organizations are trying to do too much and especially in education. And I would say if I had to offer a tip to school leaders or just um, educators out there, it, it would be force rank the things that you have to do. And I don't know about you, Rachel, but I had to do this years ago. I was on an interview panel. I think we were hiring principals and we had a new HR person and this was a new procedure and they had us force rank the candidates. And at first I didn't like it. I was, it was new and I just didn't kind of understand it, but through the interviews, it really, it forces you to rank the people. So you're not just kind of in the gray area. Well, I like Rachel and I like Adam, but you got to choose. It really forces you to rank them. And I think, I think all the time, this is a good idea slash strategy, especially if you have trouble reprioritizing what is most important, because I know a lot of people that we talk to, they think everything is important, which it is, but everything is not urgent and you have to, you got to do what's most urgent. And especially right now, everybody thought that this year was going to be easier than last year. And now everybody's like, this year's harder than last year. Oh my gosh. So my tip leaders write down, write down the 10 things that you have to do and then force rank them. And they can't all be tens. You have to have one to 10 and just start, start chipping away at the first thing. And then the second thing, and then the third thing. And we're not saying that seven, eight, nine, and 10 aren't important, but you're, you've just ranked them for most important. And maybe you do this by yourself with your leadership team, maybe your entire school. And if you're feeling, hey, I can handle my school, I'm what's hard for me is the people at central office, giving things, putting things on us, then maybe you recommend this strategy or something or show them what you've done to hopefully say, hey, we can't do it all. And this year's harder than last year. So from a pseudo veteran leader in myself, Beth has more ex leadership experience and is currently in the job. So she's the expert, but I would say this, I think is an important thing to think about. It's a tool that I use that even my wife and I use in our life because you can't make everything important. So any tips, Rachel, that you would like to add on to this oh, yeah. conversation? For sure. Well, first, <laughs> I'm so glad that you explained force rank because when you were talking about it initially, I'm like, Oh, he's going to pull like rank. Like I'm the principal. You're going to do this. And in <laughs> fact, it was completely the opposite. You're like forcing yourself to rank and prioritize all the initiatives and the asks. So thank you for providing that clarity. Um, I want to piggyback on that. I think that it's really, really helpful to really take your year and look at it in bite-sized bite chunks. And one of my favorite books is the 100 day leader by Doug Reeves because he actually walks you through how to create a 100 day plan. We did this with our new principals Academy in the state of Oregon, my Elise Toll and Kate Barker and I, uh, because coming into a new school, it can be really overwhelming. Even if you're a veteran principal coming back to your school this year has been again, very overwhelming. And this just tries to get some quick, easy wins to get that ball and that momentum going. But my favorite piece about creating that 100 day plan is that you're explicitly ranking your priorities. You're doing a brain dump of all your initiatives. And then the, the icing on the cake, you're creating that not to do list. What is it that you're going to take off that you're not going to do anymore? What are the boundaries that you're going to put into place? 
really, really helpful. So if you haven't read that book, I'd really encourage you to pick it up. There's a lot of great resources that are online that can accompany the book. And it's been a big, powerful tool for really help moving schools forward, especially when there's all this noise and yuck going on. So that's kind of jumping off on yours, but my brand new one, and it kind of ties into this, is that I think as leaders, district office, principals, um, teacher leaders, we need to get comfortable saying no. Um, and I think doing, doing that in a respectful way is really helpful. I think that, you know, on different blog posts that I've written or podcasts that you and I've had about saying no, sometimes we get pushback of like, Ooh, you don't know my supervisor. They're going to go off. They're going to hold it over me. I can't do that. I'm going to get in trouble. And I think that there's a, there's a professional way to disagree, or at least see clarification of help me understand. How would you like this done? Or I'll give you an example that we had recently with some elementary principals, and I greatly appreciated the pushback. Um, we had a meeting, we had an agreed upon meeting, had an agreed upon agenda. We got through the meeting and they're like, this time didn't work for us. Did you notice that we had dismissal, these other things, even though we were doing it virtual? And I was so thankful that people spoke up because I had an, like an inclination that it wasn't and I was going to ask, but they beat me to it. And I'm so thankful that they were advocating for what they need. So then my follow-up question is, yeah, of course, what would work better for you? Because oftentimes the folks that maybe are not in the same building as you or at the same level, they might not understand the full magnitude of what you're dealing with on a daily basis. So say no, advocate for yourself and talk about what you need. I had a supervisor my last year as a principal that would call me. Whenever he would call me, he would call me at like noon. And where would I be? On the playground doing lunch duty. He never called my cell phone. So they'd call me, hey, so-and-so's on the phone. I'd have to go to the office. And after two weeks of this, when they would call me on the walkie-talkie, so-and-so's on, on the phone, they want to talk with you. And I was like, I'm busy. I, I, I'm busy. And my office staff didn't quite know what to do. I'm like, tell them I'm busy. I'm busy being a principal. Like, this is the worst time of the day to call. And they knew that, but like he was the supervisor. So um, I called them back like two hours later after lunch duty, after cleaning up and all those things. And, um, and, uh, they didn't say anything about like, Hey, you didn't come to the phone, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you got my cell phone. I can talk to you when I'm on the yard playing kickball or doing whatever. Um, but I brought it up. I say, Hey, you know, in the future, like this is a, this is like the worst time of the day to call me. Um, if you want to call my cell phone, you have it. If not between lunch and, you know, they kind of realized it had been a long time since this person had worked at a school. They had been in a central office for like 15 years. So sometimes, like to your point, people just, they get out of touch and not on purpose. They just kind of forget. So just reminding you, hey, this meeting time really doesn't work. Can we do this? And can I have an AirPod in and just be walking around school and checking on things and listening or doing bus duty? I don't know, whatever it is, which I know maybe not is the best strategy, but um, advocate for yourself and advocate for your team and, um, when in doubt, connect with Beth Hoff because she's amazing. And Beth, again, congratulations. Everyone listening, thank you for listening. If you have not become a member of NASP, NAESP.org, there's a little button on the top that says sign up. The fees are nominal. They're just an amazing organization. Sign up for the conference next summer. It's in Louisville. I think I'm saying that right. Louisville, depending on where you're from, Louisville. Uh, Kentucky, it's a great town. There's a river going through restaurants, a lots to do. If you're a baseball fan, there's the Louisville, the Louisville Slugger Museum. Uh, if you haven't been to Louisville, it's a fun town. I was there a couple of years ago. So sign up, become a member, 
Rachel, Adam, signing off. Everybody, thanks for all you do. Happy being an educator day. I think every day should just be like happy being an educator day. Thanks, everybody. Uh, 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 uh.